Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. My guest for episode 73 is Greg Payne, the host of the Cool Grandpa podcast. At 48, Greg learned he soon would become a grandfather. He felt a bit panicky. He didn't know a thing about being a grandfather. So he asked questions and embarked on a journey to build a community for grandfathers. I began our conversation by asking him about his podcast. And places where I could turn to to learn about grandfathers. And one of the things that really stood out to me is that grandfathers tend to be portrayed in very comical fashion in media, especially, right? And it's all good fun and I'm not angry about anything, but if you watch a movie that typically has a grandfather in it, uh, they come into the scene, they might grab a drink and then they pass out on the couch, say something inappropriate, whatever. They're kind of a comic foil in a lot of sense. And I knew that I had a really great relationship with my grandfather. And I know talking with other people that who've had relationships with grandfathers, that relationship was something that was very special and impactful and that they still thought about even in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on. So what I wanted to do was to start this podcast and this project to be able to uh, wave the flag a little bit. Hey, men, if you're intentional about this relationship with grandfather, it can be impactful long after that we're gone. I'm talking with uh, adult grandsons and adult granddaughters that are telling me stories about how their grandfather did an activity with them, did something that really made a difference when they were 10 years old. And here they're telling me about that experience 50, 60 years later and how that still impacted them. So I wanted to talk with grandfathers about what they were doing and how I could learn from them. And then also talk to other experts around subjects that really impact grandfathers. It's interesting that you say that about your guests because that's exactly what my experience is. I can vividly remember my relationships and my doing activities with my grandparents. And I credit my mom's father with what I'm doing today, with the podcast, with writing, because he was such a storyteller and he had such a great imagination. And I remember cuddling with him and him telling me stories. And that just made such an impact. And I still today cherish those times. And I tell my own grandkids about times that I spent with my grandfather and how important that was to me. Right. And that's a great example of what I'm talking about. And I think it's one of these topics that men don't typically discuss. Grandmas are awesome in that it feels like grandmas can get together and they are talking about activities, what worked well at a, at a visit, what didn't go so well different things to try out with grandchildren and those relationships. I don't feel that grandpas do that very well, although I find it's changing because I think if we think about relationships that people had with grandfathers, if they were growing up, let's say in the 40s, and it was very different, very more standoffish in a lot of cases, where now, like in my case, in talking with other grandfathers, we're getting down on the ground and we're playing Barbies or we're playing race cars with kids and we're doing different things. So 
I think the role of grandfather has evolved and changed. It's not that one was better or worse. It's just we're in a different time now where I feel like I'm in better shape than my grandfather was at 50. As a farmer, he was already kind of beat up and had some, you know, lingering injuries and some of those things just from hard work on the farm. I still feel like I can get down and wrestle with the kids and pick them up and throw them around and, you know, roughhouse with them where I'm not so sure that my grandfather at my age could have done that with me. My one grandfather, my maternal grandfather was also a farmer. And I think a lot of it was he was just tired. You know, he yeah. came in after working in the fields and there wasn't a lot of energy to rough house. And then I was a girl, so I don't know that he would have done that anyway. But the things that we did, my cuddling on his lap, him telling me stories. I mean, that was so important to me. And I always talk about how he used to take me fishing. <laughs> fishing meant going down to a creek behind the house and him sitting on the bank, leaning against a tree, probably sleeping while I waited at an ankle deep ice cold water on this rocky creek bed and just had the time of my life, quote, fishing and I would eventually just scoop up minnows in a pail and show him what I had caught. The cool thing about that is never one time do I ever remember him rushing me or telling me it's time to go home or let's do something else or I have to make this phone call or whatever. I was what was important to him right then. And it was absolutely pure love. And you talk about an important point there that I think grandfathers, some of us get it and some of us don't, meaning that, hey, when we're with the grandchildren, we're, we should be thinking about being on their time and not necessarily our time. And that's not a hundred percent rule. Sometimes, hey, we've got to get grandkids in the car to go somewhere and we've got to do some things. But to your point, you know, going out and going fishing or going for a walk or doing something else where you can make the grandchild feel the whole world now revolves around them and their enjoyment of whatever that activity is, is something that's really special and something that sticks with people. Because I think sometimes, especially when you have multiple children, and I grew up in a family of uh, seven kids total, you know, sometimes kids get lost in the shuffle and it's just natural. And it's just one of those things where sometimes that little extra attention that a grandfather or a grandmother can give to a grandchild just means absolutely the world to that child because they do feel like they get lost in that shuffle sometimes. And it becomes very special on a, on a couple of different levels. Along the lines of my grandfather telling me stories, what was popular when I was a child was Uncle Remus stories yep. and about Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear and Tar Baby. My grandfather would tell me these stories. Every time he told them, it was different. It was something to do with a family member, the locale, the setting was something on our farm. I never knew those stories existed outside of the relationship between my grandfather and me. I thought he had made them up. I thought they were just special for me. I was 16 years old 
and I was in a speech class in a Catholic girls high school and the subject of Uncle Remus came up and the teacher started talking about oral tradition of handing down stories. She proceeded to tell us about this guy named Joel Chandler Harris, who was the editor of the Atlantic Constitution. And I'm thinking, mm, my teacher has that wrong. <laughs> and I wanted to raise my hand and say, excuse me, Mrs. Sullivan, but my grandfather wrote those stories. I don't know who this Joel Chandler Harris is, but you've got that wrong. Something told me just to keep my mouth closed <laughs> and not to raise my hand. And so <laughs> when I got home from school that day, I called my grandfather and I said, you will never believe. And I proceeded to tell him. And he said, well, sweetie, she's right. <laughs> I went, what? She's right? You mean you didn't make up those stories? I was crushed, absolutely crushed, because here all of this time, and we're talking 10 years or more now, I had thought that was something just between the two of us. And it, it took me a while to get over that. And now, of course, I can laugh about it. Now, when I reflect on that, it really reinforces to me how powerful that grandparent-grandchild relationship is. And it's really helped inspire me to be the best grandparent I can be. And I try very hard to give that kind of undivided one-on-one -on -one attention, or at least one-on-two or three or four, however many are sitting on my lap at the time, not be on my phone or not paying attention to anybody else, but to really give them the time that they need. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the best things that we can do is take all the different positive lessons that we learned from our grandparents or aunts and uncles or former mentors when we were young and bring the core of those things forward. Because certainly our grandfathers weren't texting with us and weren't doing FaceTime live and weren't doing these things. And these are all just different tools, but at the core of it, it's, hey, can you come up with an activity or a way to show your granddaughter or grandson that they're the center of the world for a moment? You know, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's 15 minutes while you're just sitting and listening to them talk about what went on in third grade today you know, whatever that is. And we can definitely bring those lessons and then shape them to how we need them to be in today's environment. I think podcasts like ours are really good, 20 or 30 minutes of what another grandparent is doing. I think it's a good medium. Absolutely. And I think too, that it allows people to check in, get a little bit of validation about what they're doing. Because like I said, sometimes, especially on the grandfather side, we're not often sharing notes as far as what we're doing. And, and there's not a rule book or a guidebook. I mean, there's certainly books about grandparenting and things that are coming out, but each one of us has an individual and a unique experience with the grandchildren and challenges that also come into play. And I believe that these podcasts and people sharing their experience allows the listener to be able to uh, pick and choose items that you bring up, items that I bring up, items that other guests bring up and go, oh, that's going to work for my relationship. That's a really great idea. I'm going to try that out. Or it could be that listener really needs to hear us talk about a topic or uh, talk about an experience with our grandchildren. And then they go, oh, I'm not alone. 
other grandparents have this challenge too. Other people have this as well to overcome and they're not alone anymore in whatever that challenge might be in the relationship, whether it's a challenge with the grandchildren or the parents or you know some kind of family emergency that's going on and they're trying to navigate their way through because I think a lot of us feel or might take on because we're older, we should know how to react in all circumstances, right? And until you get to this point, you you kind of think that way. And then you go, oh, my grandfather was just kind of winging it. He was figuring this, you know, he's figuring life out as he goes the same way I'm figuring out life as I go as a 10-year-old. Well, I certainly don't want to come across as knowing at all because I don't. I'm learning every day. And that is one of the fun things about interviewing guests is I'm learning from them. Absolutely. And that's one of the secrets too that uh, for why I started the podcast is because I figured if I had a podcast, I could get people to come on and talk to me and teach me personally about their relationship <laughs> and what's working. You know, because if I just called up a stranger, if I just called you up, Carolyn, and was like, hey, Carolyn, can you talk to me about grandparenting stuff? Out of the blue, it would be, you know, <laughs> who's this guy? This guy's crazy. But if I go, hey, I'm a podcaster <laughs> and can you come on? You know, it's a totally different type of setting. And, and it's wonderful because like you, I don't have the answers to everything, but I'm learning and I'm learning that together with the larger communities that we're building, that we can help each other out by providing insights and support. You know, even if we don't have the answers for what somebody's going through, we can at least provide support or different perspective that they might need at that time to help them out with whatever uh, challenges they're facing. And to take that a step further, we might be able to point them to a resource who we've already interviewed, who might be the expert on that topic. And that's happened to me a lot. I've had several people contact me to ask me questions and I'll say, I don't know the answer, but I think if you contact this person, she would be able to help you or he would be able to help you. And I love I love connecting people. So that has been a real uh, benefit too, a real extra plus for the podcast. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's been interesting that as I started out, it was uh, very small as far as the people I was reaching out to for the initial conversations. But then that network and that reference group, like you were talking about, has just grown. And it's amazing. If you think that this grandparenting group or world or niche or whatnot is very small, you're, I, I think the listeners are, are a little mistaken because it's it's amazing once you get in and you have that wedge into this network, just all the connections that you make with people that might be experts in certain fields. They might be experts in child psychology. They might be relationship experts. They might be um, you know, addiction experts, whatever it is. All these things, we get the good fortune to have as part of the, let's say, payback for having a podcast and starting a community. In the United States alone, there's something like 70 million grandparents. And it's not the 70, 75-year-old gray-headed grandparents anymore. I mean, grandparents, you're, you're, I think, what, in your 50s? I'm 52, yeah. So the grandparent age 
seems to, I mean, it's a wide range. I mean, you're talking late forties to, you know, my mom's 89 and there are other, other grandparents still alive at a hundred. And I try to, on, on my podcast, have a range of topics. So it's not just talking about the toddler from birth to two or three, but to also remember there are grandparents who are who only have teenagers now or college students or grandparents are raising their children or grandparents don't have contact with their grandchildren or their children. So there's so many different facets to this. <laughs> I remember talking to Emily Morgan with The Grand Life and she said, someone had said to her, well, what are you going to do? Have like 10 episodes and that's it. <laughs> and both of us laughed. It's like the topics of interest to grandparents are so varied. I'm excited. I, I I see this podcast going on for for quite a while. What are your plans? I think I'm in a similar position. This has definitely been a passion project for the last couple of years, but I've been inspired to uh, write my first children's book. And oh, cool. I've got an idea for a second children's book. And I've been talking with people about sitting down and writing a Gen X grandfather guide. Oh, that's because fabulous. To your point, you know, I was born in 1970. And I think a lot of people have in mind that it's the baby boomers that are grandfathers and grandparents. I may be on the first part of that wave of the generation X coming into becoming grandparents. And so I'm looking forward to taking what I've learned, maybe creating a, a small, you know, book, and then building this community and, and seeing where it goes, because I want to make sure that I'm supporting grandfathers, but especially us Gen X grandfathers. That's a, that's a great idea. Everybody's going to come at grandparenting, whether it's grandmas, grandparents, or grandfathers, everybody's going to come at this topic a little bit different. And the way that you come at this topic is going to really resonate with a great many people. And the way that I may come at grandfather or grandparenting may really resonate with a lot of people. And some of that is going to be crossover for sure. But then some of it's going to be, uh, you know, unique followers to, to the different people that are in this space. So and I think to your earlier point, you were talking about connections and networking is how awesome is it if I get a grandma that reaches out to me and says, hey, I'm having x issues or i have these questions or whatever and i can refer them over to you that you might be able to spend a few minutes with them and help them out with whatever question they have whether it's a a, a question you know and, and not every question's a, a, a you know a drama field challenge or whatever <laughs> it could be just something like hey how do i plan an adventure with my grandchildren and here's the ages and here's the interest. What kind of ideas do you have for an adventure with, with me? You know, so there's people that, that you can help out. I love traveling with my grandchildren and I'm looking at budget-friendly things. I can't afford to contract with Rhodes Scholar or some of those other companies that take grandparents and grandchildren on worldwide excursions. I mean, I just don't have the budget. And I think there are more people like me out there than those who can afford those pricey trips. So I started out with my grandkids, taking them places. And then I thought, well, I want to share this. 
So that's the book that I'm writing is this, this adventures. And on my podcast, I really try to focus on, and I think it's part of it's my teacher background is children's literature activities that grandparents could do at home, Alzheimer's, dementia, learning disabilities, um, ADHD, you know, drug addiction, things that families go through that even if their family isn't personally impacted, they probably know a family that is. And I just feel the educational side of my podcast is important. Absolutely. The, the thing that I think that we're both doing is taking kind of a holistic approach to being a grandma and being a grandpa, because the issues that affect us as grandmothers and grandfathers affect our relationship with our grandchildren. I mean, if we're not healthy enough to go for walks and take them through museums and do different things with them, that does affect the relationship. Giving resource guides for, you know, how to stay healthy or how to check out issues or how to cope with issues or talk about it, right? Making sure that we're communicating well with our adult children and our grandchildren is, is super important. I'm always tickled when a grandfather wants to come on the podcast because it's like, wow, this is, this is out of the ordinary and I'm really excited about this. Yes, it's, I love having grandmas on my podcast as well because to me, it's a little bit like uh, being able to talk to the other team, right? And uh, kind of figure out what, what's going on in the grandma space and what's going on over there so that we can understand it better and and hopefully you know make sure that grandmas and grandpas are are talking together and understanding each other and understanding what we're going through because those relationships just like any other relationships are very are personal in you know the things that we bring from our previous lives to the current relationships in the new relationships with grandchildren. I can have a relationship with my grandson. My wife has a relationship with the grandson, but they're two different relationships because of just who we are, our backgrounds, what we can do and how we interact. So if we understand each other and understand, hey, grandma and my wife, just taking Karen as her, uh, taking her as an example, Karen wants lots of hugs and cuddle time and, you know, wants these things. And that's what she needs. If I understand that, then I make sure that, you know, my grandson, Charlie goes over and gives grandma a big hug. And when we're watching a movie together or something, I might suggest to him, hey, why don't you go over and sit next to grandma for a while? She'd love to have you over there. If I'm aware enough for that, then hopefully she's aware enough too that when I'm feeling really playful and rambunctious and want to get down on the ground and wrestle with my grandson, that she gives me that time and that space to be able to have that interaction and that part of the relationship together. I got a chuckle out of your episode where you and Karen came to Virginia to spend time with your grandkids. You were talking about how by the time you came home from the park, you were absolutely exhausted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was a good exhaust. So part of that story, too, is that I live down here in Georgia. My grandchildren and my sons and daughter-in-laws all live up in Virginia. So right now, everything's really quiet. I've got a beagle in the background. My wife's away at the office. It's quiet. I can listen to what I want. I can think. I can do these different things. 
I sometimes forget that when you get around a four-year-old, all of a sudden you're playing 20 questions and they're off in 15 different directions, whether it's physically or emotionally or, or whatnot. And that at the end of the day, that can be kind of exhausting uh, to somebody that hasn't been around small kids in a little while. Greg, tell me about your family. I have two sons and I've got two awesome daughter-in-laws. And then I have three grandchildren now. So I have a almost four-year-old and then a almost two-year-old. What I mean by almost is they're about to turn four and two. And then I have a brand new, I guess she's maybe about three months at this point. So a grandson and two little granddaughters. And they live up in northwestern Virginia out towards the Winchester area. And for folks that don't know Virginia real well, look on a map and it's kind of where Virginia, West Virginia, and Maryland come together. It's been interesting being a new grandfather and dealing with all the energy that is up there when we go up to visit. And it's been great, but sometimes it is tiring. And I think it's important to let people know that that's okay. That doesn't mean that we love our grandchildren and our families any less. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's something wrong with the relationship. Part of it is, is that, hey, we're just getting older. We don't have all the energy in the world, no matter how many Skittles we throw down and how many Diet Cokes we drink. Um, sometimes it'll be challenging to keep up with those little ones. But, uh, you know, it's been great getting to know them and being able to do fun things like take uh, my son and daughter-in-law up to Baltimore to go see an Orioles game. Tell our listeners where we can find you and your podcast on the internet. My podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Audible, all those different places. But the website is cool-grandpa.us. And all of my information is located there including other sites where I've been a guest and I'll include this as well there so people can get to know me a little bit more as well as be able to download and listen to any interviews from the website. My email, if people want to reach out to me, is greg at cool-grandpa.com. So yeah, either one of those is great way to uh, find me, find what's going on. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that any of your listeners have about cool grandpa or grandparenting. And like you said, you know, if I can refer people over to other experts or, or other podcasters that I've come in contact with, I'm more than happy to do that. You have said that you are going on the speaker tour. Is that in person? Yeah, so I've been launching my speaking practice, so I'm available to be in person uh, to speak to organizations, and I'm also available to do that through Zoom as well. I know over the last uh, couple of years with COVID, a number of organizations have been really maximizing webinars and maximizing the internet, of course, for social distancing as well as just being really keenly aware of travel budgets. So I'm able to 
be in person. And I'm also able to provide content through webinars or, you know, Zoom, whatever the preference of the organization. Just two more questions. What is your grandfather name? Right now, four-year-old grandson is, and my granddaughter are just calling me grandpa. It may shift over possibly to Grandpa Greg. They haven't given me a cool little nickname or anything yet. You know, they may be a little on the young side for that. I'm open to it. So whatever the grandkids decide to call me is is absolutely fine with me. Uh, but right now, it's just been grandpa or whatever a two-year-old version of grandpa is that comes out. What is Karen's grandma name? Uh, she's just been grandma. They haven't given <laughs> us uh, cool little nicknames or anything yet, which is okay. But yeah, it's I know... We're just grandpa and grandma right now. And and my wife would be over the moon if the grandkids come up with a cool little nickname or a cool little grandma name for her. I think she would just absolutely love that. Greg, chatting with you today has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for telling us about your family and sharing with us information about your podcast. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest, or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.